Okay. I'm Dawn. And I'm Colleen. And this is Austin and the A-Train. So, today we are going over the book of Pride and Prejudice. So last week we just talked about Jane Austen and all of her cool stuff. And this week we are finally diving into material. Now, before we kind of dive in, I meant to do this in the first one, but I think this will be a fun idea, Colleen, is if we describe to the viewers kind of what our normal, like, reading is like. Because, yeah, it's like we're reading Jane Austen, but obviously we're into other stuff. So kind of people get more of a background of like, oh, this is how a person who likes blah, blah, blah likes it or how... I find that kind of stuff interesting. So what kind of reader are you? Yeah, okay. Oh, man. Um, I mean, I'm a... Uh, right now, I've been really into thrillers lately. I'm usually just kind of... Usually anything but romance, which sounds weird because I'm doing a Jane Austen podcast. But, like, I usually go for, like, fantasy... Historical fiction. It's very eclectic. It's like my taste in music. It's kind of all over the place. And then there's the weird, like experimental jazz in there you know so I'm kind of all over the place what about you I am definitely a fantasy nerd um it was actually my quarantine project of reading all of Tolkien because that's kind of the insane person I am um definitely a big fantasy person and I've noticed that recently in the past few years I've also gravitated towards like non-fiction research about music and just kind of like the science about it, which I never thought I was like a nonfiction person. So it's kind of cool to take into. But mostly it's about, mostly it is kind of like, I'm definitely like fantasy, epic adventure, get me out of this world. Um, my current read is actually by Erin Morgenstern. It is The Starless Sea. She wrote the, the Night Circus. So that's kind of my world. I had like a little kick where I was a little bit obsessed with like the YA world, like after I graduated college. And then afterwards I was like, I'm done. And like, I haven't read that kind of world since. Uh, Cause you're like, I'm too grown up for YA, but like, it's fun. Well, it's like eating, it's like eating fast food. Like, you know, it's like a good snack or like, okay. Uh, like it's one of those, like, you know what? Fried chicken sandwiches are great. But you should not eat fried chicken sandwiches for every single meal. No. So. I should not eat Shake Shack all the time, but it's good when I do. It's real tempting. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's a place near me that has, like, the best fried chicken sandwich. Okay. So. Anyway. So, yeah. This is not a podcast about food, but it could be. Who knows? Um, Jane Austen actually does not talk about eating food that much in the book. Okay. I mean, it's in England. They're not exactly known for their food. Oh! Sick burn. I actually like... I actually like some British food. Like, some of it. Basically, the stuff that only the rich people could have afforded back in the day. Probs. Also, like... Worcestershire sauce and ketchup are good condiments, so you right, <laughs> they're pretty you good right, condiments. Right. I, I'm not saying that I know my taste is bad. <laughs> I know it's bad, but it's still like homey and tasty. Growing up in an like an Irish household, essentially. Okay. My joke is that I grew up in an Irish household, so I'm lucky I knew how to cook. But I'm a master at potatoes, though. 
Hey. This is not a podcast about food. Okay. Sorry, guys. That's about food. Okay. So, would you like to summarize Pride and Prejudice for the romance hater or for the classics hater? Hi. So, you probably just heard me say that we're... Okay, let's summarize the book. Well... This is Dawn from Post Production. The first thing I want to say is I apologize for my audio quality throughout the rest of the podcast, except for this part. Uh, the microphone was actually a lot farther away than I anticipated, but we I thought I made some good points and we had some good organic convert Klein and I had some good organic conversation, so we're just gonna keep that in this week. It will change with next episode though. Okay, back to summarizing the book. We never actually said what happens in the book, so here it goes. Pride and Prejudice centers around our main character, Lizzie Bennett, who is the second oldest of five daughters, which include Lydia, Kitty, Mary, Elizabeth, and... The estate near Elizabeth Bennett's home, Netherfield, has been let out by to a Mr. Bainley, who has brought along his, his friend Mr. Darcy and his sisters Carol, Caroline and Louise. At a town ball, Miss Elizabeth Bennett... Mr. Darcy insults Elizabeth Bennet as he does not dance and does not dance with nearly one person at the room. So Mr. So Elizabeth Bennet is sworn to hate him evermore. Meanwhile, Bainley is completely taken with Jane, and Jane is completely taken with Bainley. Jane is invited over to Netherfield to ha- to ha- essentially hang out with the ba- with the Bainley sisters. She has to go on horseback and ends up getting a nasty cold. Elizabeth goes over to comfort her. This is where Mr. Darcy starts to realize that he is kind of taken with Elizabeth, her wit, and her fine eyes. Miss Mr. Bailey's sister completely makes fun of him for it because she has a giant crush, but she really, but he really is just not that into her. Soldiers have arrived at their hometown and the little girls are completely taken with, with the soldiers because <gasps> men in uniform. Funny how things don't change like that in 200 years. Elizabeth Bennet starts to have a, a courtship with a Mr. Wickham, who seems to be the enemy of Mr. Darcy. Mr. Wickham claims that it's because Mr. Dar that it's because uh, Mr. Darcy has that it's because Mr. Darcy has denied him because Mr. Darcy has denied him his family fortune because out of jealousy there is a ball in which the bennets make a f- in which most of the bennets make a fool of themselves the beanleys then the beanleys and Mr. Darcy abruptly leave even though it should have been sworn that Mr. Dar- that Beanley and Jane should have been married while this was going on a Mr. Collins came came to stay with the Bennets, who is who is going to inherit the estates where the Bennet sisters live once their father passes away. Mr. Collins decides that he wants to marry Elizabeth Bennet. Meanwhile, she does not want to marry him because she does not love him or even really like him. So he decides to so he ends up marrying Elizabeth's best friend, Charlotte Lucas. After the Bainleys have left for a little bit and Jane has gone gone off to London to potentially seek him seek Mr. Bainley out, Elizabeth decides to travel and ends up staying with Charlotte Lucas for a little bit, where she runs into Mr. Darcy. He proposes to her, and after insulting all of her family members, then he, she says no, and he writes a passionate letter explaining his side of the story that included how Mr. Wickham was an absolute scoundrel to his younger sister. And it is taken aback. She eventually goes back to Lombard. When Elizabeth Bennet um, returns home, the militia is still there. However, Elizabeth Bennet decides to ignore Wickham. Good for her.
Militia runs off, and then Kitty and Lydia convince their parents that they should go go away with the militia to stay with some of their friends. I don't know why they agreed to that. Elizabeth decides to take another tour of the English countryside with her aunt. They end up they end up going to Pemberley, which is the estate of Mr. Darcy. Originally, they weren't going to go there, but then they were assured, "Oh, Mr. Darcy won't be there." Well, guess who's there? Mr. Darcy, and they bond. They find out, and Elizabeth confesses that she feels that she has judged him too harshly. Then Mr. Elizabeth Bennet gets the gets a note saying that a Lydia, that Lydia has eloped with Mr. Wickham. Bennet's family decides to go go find Lydia. They Lydia and Wickham return now as a married couple. Now as a married couple, the family thinks that their uncle did it, but meanwhile it is revealed from by Elizabeth's aunts that it was actually Mr. Darcy who paid off Wickham to marry Lydia. Bainley returns to Bainley returns to Netherfield and decides to pursue Jane and proposes marriage to him. Darcy is still there, but he doesn't. Then Lady Catherine de Bourgh arrives at Longbourn to to insult Elizabeth Benevitt and say, "I hear my nephew is trying is thinking of marrying you, and I think it would be an unsuitable match." Elizabeth informs her that there would be that her nephew has made no such proposal, and to please leave. In the end, Mr. Darcy proposes to Elizabeth and they end up happily ever after. It's a double wedding between Mr. Darcy, Elizabeth, Mr. Bainley, and Jane. The end. Um, okay, so for the romance hater, I guess, would be the best way to put it. So Pride and Prejudice basically follows the um, lives of five sisters Although it's really just about the main two, and then the other one gets thrown in, even though she, because she's annoying, um, and it basically follows their lives in, is it? It's Georgian England, right? I always want to say Victorian England, but I know that's not right. Yeah, Georgian England, you know, Regency colonies, all that stuff. Yep, and it's just it's basically about how women had to present themselves in society. There's a lot of balls. There's a lot of flirting there's a lot of creepy creeps you know it's kind of like modern day tbh um so the book pride and prejudice i actually googled this question googled pride and prejudice the book and one of the most popular questions is who is pride and who is prejudice which sounds really silly so this is this is the answer um, <laughs> this is the answer the traditional view of the book is that Elizabeth Bennet stands for the prejudice in the title and Mr. Darcy stands for the pride. It's the, um, this seems to be correct. Elizabeth judges Darcy too quickly with too little information and Mr. Darcy acts as if he were better than her and everybody else in the okay. town. So that is your summary of Pride and Prejudice. For someone who hates romance. Okay. Now, can you summarize, are you going to summarize it for people who hate the classics? Yes, I will. I was waiting for you to ask me. Because, <laughs> again, okay. I don't want this to be me talking about myself. Okay. Okay, okay, chill. I'm scared. All right. So, for the classics hater is, okay, the book is basically just a modern-day rom-com that happens to be set in Regency England. And, yes, there are some things that are very common of the time, like the presence of, so of soldiers, in the England, as well as this whole idea of like, yes, some of the playing cards that they mention and the whole ball culture, but it's very, it's very, it's extremely witty. It has the same kind of, it, it created the tropes that we know. I was going to say it has the same tropes that we know and love about like the busybody mom, the husband who enjoys torturing his wife, the girl who is not like other girls. <laughs> 
and a bunch of, and it really is like, it's not so much like, it's not hoity toity, so to speak. Like, it's not just like, oh, upper class people doing upper class things. In a way, it, it is totally that. But in a way, these people are very real. They're very like tangible. They have like all, every single character is flawed. So if you want to There's lovers who don't really know what's going on, who are missing each other, as well as some just kind of like old, like old school drama, like the light kinds, not like the world is ending kinds, and some witty humor. Then I highly recommend Pride and Prejudice for the also themes of highborn versus lowborn, old money versus new money, the practicality and also silliness of the upper class and women and marriage. They're so silly. <laughs> They are so silly. They're so silly. They're so dumb. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I think we have... So the it starts off with the famous quote of... Uh, it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man of, of great large fortune must be in want of a wife. And that kind of sets the whole tone for the book is just rich men trying to get married. <laughs> yep. And it kind of opens with these, I really want to talk about the marriage between um, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, because like, it's often seen as this like, ha ha ha, this bickering thing. It's actually a terrible marriage. It's pretty sad. But I, I do think, because you just said that like torturing his wife, I feel like with um, this type of literature, because whenever I think like torturing your wife, I think of like Heathcliff in Withering Heights oh. where he legit like he like wrote a letter and he was like yes I've been doing experiments on her and she hasn't really liked it I'm like why are you a serial killer oh my god oh that got yeah, I saw, a lot darker I saw a post on Sparknotes that was just like um that was like basically tearing to shreds like some of the men from this the like classic literature and what one of them was him where they were like if he existed nowadays he would be the villain on Law and Order yeah but so this is like that this doesn't is more like, so i feel like mrs bennett and mr bennett are a lot more like the couple like the couple on everybody loves raymond like raymond and his wife deborah where you're just kind of sitting there like why are you two married you don't even seem to like each other yeah, and that's kind of persistent throughout, like, the entire, like, and it affects the daughters in a way, like, Jane is very conservative about her feelings because she doesn't want to end up in a happy marriage, and, like, she, Elizabeth looks at her parents' marriage as a way of, like, I am never doing that, and kind of the interesting thing that I picked up on is, so Mrs. Bennett clearly likes the little girls in Jane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she clearly, it's so funny, she clearly does not, like... Lizzie. Oh, it's stated in the book, like, like yeah. when Mr. Collins is about to propose, like, basically, Mrs. I think it says something along the lines of, Mrs. Bennett didn't not really care for Lizzie that much. Like, it's like the Schitt's Creek yeah. thing. Like, oh, <laughs> I don't care for Joan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, Mr. Bennett, and like, honestly, Elizabeth Bennett really is definitely more like her dad than she is her mom. And it's funny because like, that's her dad's favorite. And so her dad's favorite is the one her mom actually hates the most. So it kind of, yeah. and I think it kind of, it's like, I, 
I think it's funny because it's like it's not like this child is just arbitrarily my favorite child. It's like no, this is this child's my favorite because we are very similar. Or like we have the most in common. I feel like sometimes the favorites in literature. I was just reading my sister the serial killer, and it deals with like favoritism because the the narrator, the main character. Um, has this has this younger sister and she's like oh my sister's so pretty so she's everybody's favorite but I'm ugly so nobody cares about me and it just breaks your heart but like so it's so it's nice to read some so it's nice to read Pride and Prejudice where like that's not the case where it's just like oh like Lizzie's my favorite because like we read the same books or like we have the same sense of humor and we make jokes to each other because like I also relate to that because like my dad and I are the same way where we'll just like be at a family dinner and we'll make the same joke and we'll just like mumble the same jokes to each other yeah and like mr bennett is a good father like he's Mm -hmm. a really good father and for like the daughters he cares like he calls out his daughters when they are being silly like the little Mm -hmm. girls like when they are being silly and yes i know they're 15 like they're 15 and 16 in the book but they really do act like little girls essentially Mm -hmm. with the way they giggle over everything if there are any 15 or 16 year olds listening to this i'm sorry you're probably definitely more mature than lydia and kitty are uh are you though i was gonna give our listeners the benefit of the doubt because they are listening to a podcast one you're Um, the nice one that was revealed very early on in the book. <laughs> Everybody knows it's fine. Okay. And so he really does has this beautiful, like, loving relationship, like, at a ball. His There's this one daughter, Mary, who, like, all she wants to do is just play the piano and read books and prove the fact that she's smarter than everyone else because she reads books and she plays piano. And, like, people are getting sick of her playing and singing and even though she's a great pianist mm-hmm. she's a terrible singer Aww. oh and yeah it's like this scene in the movie where she's like singing and the dad just comes over and he's like mary please stop and like nobody's listening nobody cares no but it happens in the book too where he's just like okay now it's time for other people to have a turn dearie and like mm-hmm. when elizabeth is like i'm not marrying this man i don't care the fact that he's going to inherit our house when you're mm-hmm. when my dad dies i'm not marrying this man and it's like it's just this beautiful like paternal moment where he's like no just like, oh. i like you can kind of tell like through the language that like he was not happy with his marriage that was kind of basically an arranged marriage and he like decided to like and he's like i don't want that for my kid mm-hmm. it's so uh, nice. so, yeah. also i mean like collins is like I know this isn't supposed to be about the movie, but, like, I always think of the movie versus the book because I I don't know why, but, like, watching the movie, a movie based off of a book that I've read, always, like, brings out the differences to me and, like, kind of makes me remember because I know in the movie, Collins is just kind of, like, awkward and boring, but I remember in the book, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I, like, my memory might be a little fuzzy because, you know, I don't read this every year. I never said it was a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't read it every year, but you do, so you probably know better than I do. Um, but I definitely say, like, he kind of came across more, like, creepy in the book. Um, I would, so I was, I actually was listening to the book on my way home from work today, and mm. uh, I've been reading and listening um, to the book, because if audio, actually, no, everyone loves audiobooks these days. I don't even have to say anything. Um 
he comes off very haughty and like very much like mm. <gasps> like the way that granted this is probably because that I was like projecting because I like I was going home from work a little bit when he talks about Lady Catherine de Burke it's like you have to think in like in real life terms that's his boss like it's mm-hmm. just his boss you're like calm down like who goes and talks about their boss that much okay so the kind of something a topic that i wanted to point out as we're like talking about the bennett family so for our viewers at home the bennett family is an old old family even the estate they live in is called lawnborn which means is that like Jane Austen, like, she was very particular about some of the names that she gives. Like, Netherfield, the estate that Mr. Bingley runs, means, like, the lower field. So, if we're looking at it, the Bennets are an old family, but they don't have a ton of money. Whereas, the Bingleys are new money, where, like, Mr. Bingley's father was able, was, like, a merchant and was able to buy land. So, or no, they don't even have land yet. Like, Mr. Bingley is pretty darn close to a gentleman, like, and his daughter, and, like, his sisters were able to come out as debutantes and, like, be a part of the court, but they're not an old, they're not officially the landed gentry. Whereas Mr. Darcy and his aunt, Lady Catherine de Burgh, are really the only family that have both the money and the old family title. And the marriage of the Bennets, which is part of the reason why I wanted to bring out, is that, so Mrs. Bennet, her father was a lawyer, which is why her, like, sister married a lawyer, and, like, they basic, and so, like, the girl, the nether, the Bennett girls have, like, this, like, kind of upper middle class aunt, like, and, and they don't see any shame in that, but Mrs. Bennett was actually very, and, like, you can kind of see how, like, she, some, she married Mr. Bennett because Mr. Bennett needed the money, and she wanted the family name, and so you can kind of see it, because she's actually a radical parent for the upper class. She's also super annoying. She is like, super annoying. I'm going to take yeah. a few minutes to praise her for something. <laughs> okay, okay. It's like on Gilmore Guys where like Kevin takes like 30 minutes to praise Emily Gilmore and then everyone else is like, yeah, but she is awful. <laughs> Like, sorry. I, as an adult, I love Emily Gilmore, just saying. I love Emily Gilmore, but, like, it, I it's, like... I would never want to deal with her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, I love Emily Gilmore. Do I want her as my mother? Hell no. Well, it's like, you want to go out to have tea with her. You don't want to... Exactly. I want her to plan my parties. I want her... To, I want to go shopping at, like, Nordstrom's with her. Yes. No, exactly. Barney's. I want to go shopping at Barney's with... Does Barney's Exactly. Even, does Barney's still exist? I have no idea. I feel like it's not going to in a few months. Pro- I mean, who knows if the world will exist by then. Okay. Uh, um, it apparently still exists, but it's closed. Oh, okay. That's fair. So, could be worse. Um. Okay. So anyway, Mrs. Bennett. So she... Okay. She came from, like, the middle class perspective of, like, the way that she was kind of radical as a parent is in in essence, she was just like, okay, we can't afford a governess, so we're not going to have a governess. And she just basically taught her daughters herself. And when the Bainley's sisters find out, even though they weren't of this landed gentry, they were like, oh, that's, that's terrible. And, and it's just like, well, no, like, what we were able to educate our, like, they got, they ba- each Ben and sister basically got to, like, pick out some stuff that they, like, mm-hmm. were really interested. Mary obviously And then it's picked- also like, 
could you tell they were they didn't have a governess no so how about you shut up yeah especially like jane elizabeth and like mary like mary are very very learned i don't i can't speak to the little sisters so but well, like what is their the, face lydia and kitty kitty kitty's just Ugh. basically like lydia's like go to like she doesn't even even in the book she doesn't have that much of a personality i just want to smack them both um and the other way that she was like radical was she so originally the tradition was is that your daughter would like be presented as a debutante and like she would be out and she would get to go to all the parties and like court essentially and the younger sisters would have to wait until that daughter was married and oof or maybe like the second do- like if there was a second daughter maybe she could go out after a year or two but mrs bennett was just like okay it's going to be really tough for the younger sisters to be able to see like their older sisters like going out to parties all the time and they can't because of some stupid rule so she lets them go to parties and she like lets them like live lives as like what 16 year olds should be and like again this is something that like i think no it's not Caroline Bainley. It's like Lady Catherine de Berg is like, oh, that's terrible. And it's just like, excuse me, like, what are you? Proof that, ju- <laughs> proof that judging mothers for their choices with their children is something that's always been around. Yeah. And then they're like, there's the like the thing of like, oh, just go on horseback, even though it's raining. Maybe you'll get sick and then you'll stay Maybe at his you'll house. Maybe you'll get sick and you'll just stay at this guy's house. Wouldn't that be great? And then you'll get married. <laughs> that, that was... <laughs> I, I am. Can't. I am not oh praising. I'm not praising Mrs. Bennett for that. <laughs> oh no, that was my- just so convoluted. That was like a plot line on the nanny. Like that's like Sylvia Fine level of insane. Where she like, where you're like pimping out your daughter like that. Like that was crazy. Oh my gosh, it was insane. And even then, are like, this is ridiculous. And like the like dad's just just like I'm in the study. Sure. It's just like I, I'm not gonna win this argument. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've definitely had conversations like that with my parents where I've been like, you know, I'm just, I'm not gonna. This is not worth the bandwidth to have this argument. Fine, no. okay, I'll do this. I think we've all had arguments where you just kind of go, uh huh. You're like, okay, okay. No, not uh huh. Just like, oh, okay. Or uh, yeah. Where it's just like, I'm just going to let this person be just a little bit crazy. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's fine. fine. This was probably not, because Jane actually got deathly sick in the book. Like, yeah. they said she I only mean, had a cold. I mean, back then, you'd get deathly sick for, like, random reasons, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then I... I have a steamy take on... I have two steamy takes on Lydia... And um, Lady Catherine de Bourgh and her daughter, Anne de Bourgh. Steamy. They're steamy. Anne de Bourgh. Okay. All oh, right. Anne de Bourgh is the one she wanted to m- marry Off Darcy, to. right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Whew, that didn't age well, but that's a separate segment. Okay. So do you want? All right. Which? So the steamy topic of Lady Catherine de Bourgh is, and I I can't take credit for this. I saw this on Bustle. Um, but I kind of love this theory, so I'm going to look this article up because I want this person to get credit for it. Is So Lady Catherine is, she's very judgmental. She's very much all about how, like, high-born she is and how wonderful she is. See, and, how you expect Dame Judi Dench to just be 
Isn't you that know, who plays her in the movie? It is who plays her right? in the movie, yes. Yeah, I remember just seeing the movie and being like, yep, that tracks. That's spot on right there. Yes. Um, but So she's just, like, very much, like, all about title. And she's just like, oh, if I had ever had the option to play piano, then I would have been great. And it's like, really? Because all you really do is sit around in the house. Like, you're a lady. Um Granted, I could not know, like, maybe she really is doing something crazy, crazy busy. And then her daughter, like, her daughter isn't pretty. Like, they're, most of the women in this novel are described as, like, pretty or beautiful or handsome in some kind of way, mm-hmm. except for Anne de Burke. And even at one point, Mrs. Ben asked, like, oh, so how's her daughter? Like, because she, Mr. Collins always talks about his boss. And, like, oh, yeah, she has a daughter. Like, okay, I think she's around my daughter's age. Just, like, normal conversation. And it's just like, oh, no. She, like, but she has the look of someone who is high-born. Does that mean inbred? I guess so. But, um... Like, and then, like, it's described, like, okay, so is she accomplished? Like, all right, does she at least have good... And it's just basically, like, she's not out yet. But, you know, England is missing its finest jewel because she's not a de- she's not going to the debutante balls, essentially. Like, I know they're not debutante balls, but, you know, like, she didn't mm-hmm. come out. So this one writer from Bustle who's, I can't find, so I will, in editing me, will probably just, like, randomly whisper it in, in a clip, is, and I like this theory, is, what if Lady Catherine de Burgh has Munchen- Munchausen by proxy syndrome? Because she always claims that Anne de Burgh is very sickly Mm -hmm. and like oh she can't do this she can't do this like I have to take care of her like I have to do this for her and even in like the book Anne de Burke is there like they're at Lady Catherine's house for a good for a decent amount of time and like they have dinner there Mm -hmm. and Anne doesn't speak even though they're like she's like around the same age as Darcy and Elizabeth (sighs) I mean with a mother like that how many words do you think she could get in edgewise I don't know, but I so. I think that's an interesting theory. Mhm. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have anything else? So, do you have anything that you would like to talk about the book? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Do 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 do. do. Okay. Ooh, can we talk about the stuff that didn't age well? Oh boy. Because <laughs> I find, because I mean, we do the whole like describe this for someone who doesn't like classical liter- classic literature or the quote unquote classics. And I think this is part of the reason why is that oof, that didn't age well, or the chamber pot elements. The parts of this would be the parts of the book or the films that did not hold up in the modern age and did not get better with time. Okay, so right now we're talking about the book. Um, the yes. thing that didn't age well, that would be, I would say, marrying your cousin, which was mm-hmm. pushed quite a lot. Um, I mean, that's also, I think that's also a cultural thing, because, like, we're two Americans, and from what I've heard, like, I remember in honors college, there was, like, one film where we had to watch a movie, and our professor, and we kept getting grossed out, we're like, that's his cousin, like, why is he, like, hooking up with his cousin? Apparently that, like... It, it's the professor so if you if this is incorrect please attack the professor um not me but she said that, that that's just like a th- okay in the rest of the world and in america apparently it's the only part where it's weird but whatever it's still uh, if you can if you have the same grandparent it's weird 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, thank you. Also, um, like mm. her, like her <laughs> name is Lady Anne Darcy, like Deburg. Like this is not. It's just that's even ickier. That's just icky. Um, I would argue too, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole, women being dependent yeah, the whole your pop, social like, status whole, like, land situation thing is just like which is interesting most people I, I learned this when my husband was in law school most people say that like yeah. the woman was treated as property when they got married but leave from a legal standpoint it wasn't so much that you were treated as property it was more that when you were married you became one person and that one person was the man I don't know if that's better or worse, but... It's just so creepy. I'm like... Maybe it's because I read and watch so yeah, much some grotesque science fiction and fantasy, but I just like imagine like some yeah, like grotesque version of like two like people like merging like... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Also, marrying so those are definitely old things enough to be your father. I mean, that happens like nowadays. Past. Okay. And it's like... It's not okay. I mean, it's still like weird. And like the but it's older not you okay. get, the like less, slightly less weird it is. But I don't know. It's like always weird, especially because like in the older books, it's like the older the young girls want their husbands to be, so they'll just die. And it's always just like this guy could be like, it's creepy when it's like this guy could be your father. It's like extra creepy when it's like this guy could be your grandfather. Also marrying at, like, 15. Yeah, okay. That brings me to my steamy, steamy take on Lydia. Is that, okay, we often see Lydia as, like, oh, my gosh, you're so dumb. You're so dumb. Like, you ruined, like, she ruins the family, like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, yes, she makes extremely, extremely poor poor, poor decisions. But in the end, she is an incredible victim. Like she has a horrible, she most likely has a horrible life for the rest of her life Mm, mm -hmm. because Wickham only married her because he thought that she could get money out. He could get money out of her and like to only find out that he's poor and she only married and like she only married, he only married her she only married him because he was she thought like he was good looking and he was a soldier and she was a 15 year old girl yeah. Oh, yeah. And she has to live with that decision for the rest of her life. That's like, true. she has to be with, like, basically someone who, like, abused her and manipulated her. Yep. Someone who psychologically manipulated her. And That's it's some messed up stuff. This is Regency England. There is no getting out of that. Yep. Run away. Like, because it's one of those, like, yes divorce could technically happen but it would like Lydia would basically be cast to the streets yeah it's like divorce could happen it wasn't good if you did it but it was possible and it wouldn't have been Lydia's choice it would have had to have been Wickham's mm-hmm. like coerce another person yes because you know ma- and also like ma- getting married to someone to you like uh, boyfriend of like two weeks when you're 15 is of course gonna end well who is also the ex of your sister 
Yeah, who also was the ex of your sister and also, like, portrayed Mr. Darcy. Like, Not that yeah. she knows that. Not that she knows that, but, like, yeah. And that's, like, there's this thing where, like, originally, like, Lydia is, like, missing and, like, Mrs. Benison decides she's like, oh, she's married, things are great, and she refuses to see the reality of, like, Oh, she's mm-hmm. probably married to a horrible, horrible man. Yep. That's what's kind of sad is that Mrs. Bennett doesn't really seem to care if her daughters end up with a good person. And that's one thing that I think in Jane Austen's other novels, like, that's one thing that I liked about Emma was that, like, the dad was just like, are you interested in a good person? Okay. And he's ha- and you're happy and he, like, treats you well. Okay, fine. Yeah, but, like, like, she, like, and she doesn't like Mr. Collins, but she's just like, sure, Elizabeth can have him. Go for it. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's pretty awful. So, yeah, that whole situation, I could argue, didn't age well. So that was a good transition. I think we should talk about some of the tropes. And one that I would like to examine is the Caroline Bainley. I'm not like other girls kind of trope. Oh, my God. Uh. Okay. So for those of you that didn't read the book. Okay. because or it's the, been a while. Or it's been a while. So Mr. Bainley, who is the main interest, who, main lo- who is the love interest for Elizabeth Bennett's sister, Jane, has these two sisters I think that just says it's just Mrs. Hurst. Like they don't even give her a first name and Caroline Bainley and Caroline Bainley has the hots for Darcy. And she is just kind of knowing her background. She is someone that was basically raised as someone who would have been like upper, upper class because her family has the money, but technically doesn't have that landed gentry name and land attached to her family. And she acts like that bitch in high school. (laughs) Yeah, she do. She do. And there's just, like, so many instances of, like, they're in, like, a drawing room and Mr. Darcy is reading a book because he likes to read books because he's a Ravenclaw. And then, and, like, she picks up basically copy two of the book and just starts reading and she's just pretending to read. Like, Although, uh, I will say, like, when I was, like... Who among us, when we were in high school, did not do stuff like that to get the guy, the guy or girl that we liked to notice us? I, I didn't have many. Cra- well, I guess. No, I guess it's one of those I took that too literally. And I was thinking high school and I was like, I didn't really have that many crushes in high school. And then I thought of my dumb college self and I was like, wait, shit. No, You're like, oh, no, <laughs> she is me. I am Carolyn Bingley. <laughs> not exactly. But I mean. And it is kind of funny to see the similarities between Caroline Bainley and Elizabeth Bennet because they're mm-hmm. both very prejudiced characters. Like, oh yeah, they're both super snobby. I kind of, I feel like everyone kind of relates to Lizzie Bennet, but I feel like I do because I too make snap judgments about people and then they have to prove me wrong. I think my husband is kind of like, what's his face? Mr. Bingley? Because he's like the nicest person in the world and then comes along me and I'm like, I don't like you. You looking at me funny? I don't like you either. And then he's yeah. just like, he's like a golden retriever where he likes everyone and everyone likes him. And then I'm like a cat where I'm like, get away from me. I'm gonna scratch you. So it's a dog and a cat relationship? Pretty much. I don't know okay. why he loves me, but he does. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what a great segue back to Jane Austen, where none of the characters know why they like each other either. 
They have no, oh my gosh, it's so funny. They have no idea. They do. They have no idea, especially, okay, so can we talk about, I like the different flavors of relationships in this book where, like, you have the big romance between, like, you have the love to hate, the hate to love relationship between Darcy and Lizzie Bennett where you're like oh my god can you guys just like kiss and stuff already like why like while you're reading the book you're just like oh my god but I know you're gonna fall in love and then you have to make out and get over it yeah exactly (laughs) where it's just like oh they hate each other so much but they like each other so much too and then you have like Jane and Bingley where like they're kind of a boring, they're kind of a boring relationship. Like they're really good side characters, and I feel like a lesser author during that time period, or even just like a lesser author now, would be like, "Look at these two lovely people," and then they fell in love, and like that's fun for like a side character, but that's really boring for like a main plot. But I like how they drew it. They like she throws in the whole like Bingley didn't know Jane liked him. Yeah, and I think it's. I think it's really sweet because they're both such, like, innocent, like, characters. Mm-hmm. They're both it's... so, like, nice. Yeah, that is, it's one of those, like, it's just nice to know. It's just nice to see, like, two nice people being in love. Like, it's mm-hmm. just one of, like, no, you don't want that for, like, the entire story because then yeah. you're just kind of bored. It's like and Ross and that... Rachel versus Monica and Chandler, where, like, Monica and Chandler, like, their relationship was pretty solid for the most part. Yeah, it's one of those, like, oh, it's just nice to see, like, two people who Mm -hmm. are in love. Like, that's just delightful. And you know what? Like, the reason why, like, Darcy and Elizabeth fall for each other is because they're both, like, basically, they would just, they would be like the Monica and Chandler, where, like, they're constantly bickering, and they're going back and forth, and they're Mm, very witty. Yeah, they're Um, very witty, and they both, like, they both push each other. And I think that's what's lacking from, like, Bingley and Jane romance is like they both are just like kind of comfortable with each other and like yeah Jane's her like one flaw is that she's very reserved and she doesn't really talk about her feelings and his thing is like he's kind of naive and he he's just like nice all the time to everyone he's just nice to literally everyone even if they're terrible to him um Mm -hmm. but yeah, like, it's, like, it's a fun contrast to the whole, like, haha, we're bickering because we love each other, and, like, you're being a jerk. Well, you're also being a jerk. Okay, let's stop being jerks. Okay, good. That is Darcy and Elizabeth. I mean, it's one of those, like, over time, like, they do, like, they get better at communication, essentially, where, like, they, like, they learn each other's stories, and, like, that's where they kind of, but they still clearly like to bicker, like, the mm-hmm. last scene. Oh, yeah. Like, the last scene in the book is just being like oh only call me dearest when you're angry because that's what my mom calls me that's what my dad calls my mom when she's pissed off and it's like well what should i call you then like you can only call me mrs darcy when you're perfectly happy like they're still like yeah doing this but it's like there's actually like so much love in between them which is kind of funny because elizabeth detest her parents hating like she hates it so much but that's Mm -hmm. like what she finds like a loving version between her and darcy in Mm -hmm. it she's just man jane austen knew how to write that book she did she did i'm willing to bet that and then like the next bennett relationship like lydia and wickham i'm willing to bet that they kind of turn into um, their like uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett because oh, I mean to. think about it like because oh, like also like Wickham did manipulate Lydia but like 
I don't know. I feel like she had more of an idea of what was happening, and she just wanted to get married. Yeah. I feel like the like there there always there isn't enough credit really given to her because I mean she did kind like she grew up in the society she kind she probably knew what her what was like expected of her, and. I think yeah. it was one of those, like, she knew that she needed to get married, like, and she was just like, oh, I'll marry before anyone else. But I don't think yeah. she realized the gravity of the situation yeah. that she you entered. Know, it's like a typical mistake that you make when you're, like, 16, where mm-hmm. you do something dumb, and years later you realize, oh my god, I did that when I was 16? What is wrong with me? Yeah, I mean, some people get a lip ring, and Lydia ran, ran off with a soldier. Yes. So. Some people get a tattoo, she went off with a soldier, you know what? Which, getting a tattoo at 16 is illegal, by the way. Like, <laughs> yeah. Any tattoo artist that agrees to it, it's not going to be a good it's one. Super sketch. But yeah, Wickham is merely the tattoo she got when she was rebelling against her parents. It's like it's like a crappy barbed wire that was like yeah, done with totally a pen. Is. And yeah. like, or it's like one the of those misspelled tattoos. Yeah, or it's like a misspelled tattoo where it's just like, oh, it's not getting no, rid of that. I'm sorry. It's, it's like soy. It's like Japanese for like soybean on her yeah. ankle. <laughs> it was supposed to mean peace and love, but it actually says soybean. Soybean. Yeah, exactly. So I'm willing to bet that they turn into more like their parents because, like, you're right. There is that like underlying just bitterness between Mr. and Mrs. Bennett where they're just kind of like can't wait for you to kick the bucket so I can be done with you except for like Mrs. Bennett and a lot of her frustration I think like I know we keep I keep on going to Mrs. Bennett but I think she is actually a little bit more complex of a character than people give her credit for and I Mm want to talk about her is I think a lot of her like anxiety and frustration and like these like mass hysterics is she genuinely does not understand this world that she married into. Like she's oh, been in it for like over 20 years and she loves playing up the part of like, I'm Mrs. Bennett and blah, blah, blah. My daughters would never cook because like, oh, because we're of like the upper class. But there's a lot of stuff about this world where she just does not get it. Mm. Like, I think one of the things was, what do you mean? Why can Mr. Collins turn us out of this house? Like, because she doesn't understand, like, the whole, like, how people inherit lands. And, like, mm-hmm. there's, like, a scene where, like, Jane and Elizabeth are trying to explain to her. And she just is just like, I refuse to understand this. I think as a modern reader who, like, read this not really knowing much about the time period, I appreciated that. And I kind of appreciated Jane Austen throwing that in there for anyone who wanted to read it who was not a part of this society and would be like what's the big deal with Mr. Collins? Because there are a lot of books from this time period that don't explain stuff like that. And so a modern reader is like, what is going on? It's really frustrating. So I, I kind of appreciate her like that. I never really thought of her like that. It's kind of like your gateway, like the person that allows for ex- exhibition, exposition. That's, that's the word. Words are hard. Uh, but she allows for that to happen so that way the reader who may not know anything about uh-huh. this stuff can that explain yeah. it to her. And then, like, there is some, like, I think just one of the other things, like, as a modern reader is, like, the universality, like, excuse me, after, like, the party of the ball, how they all gather at, like, the Lucas house, like, to just mm-hmm. talk about what happened at the ball, like, I just remember, like, being in, like, seventh grade and, like, 
we used to have these like town dances because most of I went to I lived in a posh hometown where a bunch of kids went to private school, so we didn't have school dances. We had town dances to let the private school kids in, um, and like how like you would go to the dance and then you'd have a sleepover at your friend's house, and like then you would just talk about what happened at the dance, which was like basically nothing um one time me and my friend one time me and my friends like talked about the ending of a series of unfortunate events after the dance like that was our big gossip item of the night was Mm -hmm. the ending of a series of unfortunate events (laughs) like um that's a kid i was so but yeah like that kind of like those like the slice of life stuff that like has kind of persisted throughout like years and like how there's, like, this one scene where, like, they're gathering at Lucas Lodge and, like, at, talking about, like, meeting the Darcy's and meeting the, ben, like, meeting the Bainleys and, like, the, like, a, like an 11-year-old kid, of, like, from the Lucas family is, like, if I were, mis- if I were as rich as Mr. Darcy, then I would go hunting all the time and I'd go drink and I would be drinking, like, three bottles of wine a day and, like, Mrs. Bennett's, like, and if he, then I, I would, and she's just basically like, I would still scold you for that and take the wine bottle out of your hand. It's like this like little <laughs> joke mm-hmm. that like you've totally seen like a little kid just being like, if I was rich, then I would buy a bunch of candy. And I mean, it's like, honestly, like that's not that bad a plan. If I were Mr. Darcy Rich, not sure about the hunting stuff, but like the the wine stuff, I, I could, I, yeah, I, I think, could be, I could get behind that maybe. I, I think. Don't know. I think three bottles a day is a little excessive. That's a little but... excessive. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> just saying. I don't know. I mean, we have to remember that back then, uh, the alcohol was safer to drink than some of the water in certain places of the world. Oh, totally. Yeah, which I find hilarious. Like, in Shakespearean time, you were better off drinking a beer than you were actually having a glass of water. Oh, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. And speaking of Lucas, like, Lucas's kind of bringing it into modern age is... I definitely want to focus on Charlotte Lucas because she does not get enough of a starring role in my opinion. No, I don't really think she does either. But I understand why she doesn't because she's kind of like the reality. She kind of like brings Elizabeth Bennet back to reality. She is very real. I mean, they have that whole scene where she's like, I don't need to be in love, but I do need to live, and my parents are going to kick me out, so I accepted it. I want to live a nice life. Which is, like, really yeah. sad to view marriage. I mean, nowadays, like, marriage is, like, you only do marry. You, you only get married if you're in love. Well, also, like, I've, like, nowadays, like, especially with a student loan crisis, I've heard of many people who are like, I'm in a committed domestic partnership, but if I get married, then all of my student loan debt <laughs> help aid goes away because I'm technically That's married true. now. So there's a that lot of reasons. True. So like some people act like it's common now, like where like you actually get like but back then you would get married to help your economic status and yep. whereas nowadays some people now it's don't get married you, you put off marriage to help your economic status yeah like even though like these people are like even though like the people that are in those kind of situations like they're in a committed domestic partnership like mm-hmm. they're committed for life mm-hmm. yeah they're married and all except they're not married but they don't want to get their student loan stuff taken away they don't Mm -hmm. want to get go into financial ruin just because they wanted to get married and it's Mm -hmm. kind of interesting to see like that flip-flop 
of things. Yeah, that is pretty funny to think about. Oh, yeah, also, Mr. Collins, now I remember, I didn't think he was, like, creepy in the book, but he was very pompous. And I think in the movie, he comes across more as boring, but I remember in the book, like, yeah, he kept just bringing up, like, oh, my boss does this, and my boss does that. I feel like we all have that one person in our lives who just brings up, not necessarily brings up work, but brings up, like, social status type of stuff or just brings oh, up like totally. money like, a oh. lot like we have this one friend he's dating oh um he's dating this girl who's she's from a wealthier family and he will bring it up all the time and it's just like dude could you stop what is wrong with you so even the point where he'll do this like in front of her and she's like could you not and she does like the the typical like rich kid thing where she's like i'm not rich my parents are rich which is like yeah whatever but he brings up like he'll just be like yeah but they're loaded they have like a vacation house and blah 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 and uh, mr collins kind of reminds me of that friend and i feel like everyone has a friend who's sort of like that where they just they don't understand like could you stop talking about money all the time thank you well there's also that and i think like he views his like clergyman status as like mm-hmm. i am doing like i mean he literally is yes he is literally doing god's work but it's one of those like <laughs> he is literally doing, literally god's, doing work, god's work but he doesn't have to act but, like it and like it's no it's more one of those like like, and this is, like, based on, like, kind of, like, faith and spirituality. Like, if he is, like, truly, like, he doesn't talk like he's truly professing, like, the words of, like, kindness and empathy and, like, all of the stuff that is, like, talked about, like, mm-hmm. in the Bible from his, like, religious perspective. He's talking about, like, the importance of running the parish and, like, nothing about actually, like, yeah, he never, maintaining values. He never, <laughs> he never talks about that. He only talks about Lady Catherine. Like, he talks about how important it is, and he's just like, if I were good at music, then I would do it. But I don't have the time because if a clergyman has many, like, important mm-hmm. duties about being a clergyman. And it's just like, okay, you're not, like, I understand the people who are, like, talking about, like, their religion as a way of, like, seeing, like, here's the way that you can see the world. And, like, they're talking about their spirituality. You but, almost like, wish he was like that, but he's just so annoying. No. It's one of those, like... I wonder, like, if what would ha- what could have happened, and I think it's mentioned, like, where Mary's, like, where Mary Bennett is just basically like, I could have been happy with him because they're both so haughty and like they would have made too much sense. Yeah, and I have to say, like, I th- feel like Mary is like the kind of daughter, like, who ends up getting like a peach. Like, if she were around today, like, yes, yeah, she would probably be annoying to deal with, but she would probably go into something like research. Like yeah. plot twist, Mary Bennett is actually Jane Austen. Oh no, Jane Austen was like, oh. she, she was like a party girl, like, and she didn't. She was just like, yeah, it's Amazing. fun. Um, no, Mary Bennett is just like, because think about it, she loves reading and she loves like. That's true. She would piano. totally get like a PhD. She would totally get a PhD, or like she would do like research and like to like genetics yeah. or something like that. Yeah, she probably ends up becoming like a nun. She's like, I don't need men, I need my books, and that's it. Well, and I think actually, no, in modern, like if Mary Bennett were around today, she would probably be a computer engineer. Like, yeah, probably. Because, like, it is, it like, compute from my understanding like coding actually has like very similar like problem solving issues like mm-hmm. it's very like 
for if you have that kind of brain, it's a very fun thing. And she has the kind of brain that's like an intense piano player, like kind of brain. And I'm I've heard, trying like, to learn very to code. Similar. I'm trying to learn to code. I want to make a game that's about a grad student because I am a grad student and like you the the idea is instead of coins you try to collect papers because it's the day of your thesis and you lost all the pages so you have to run around campus collecting it this is my million dollar idea nobody take it I'm knocking on wood because I am also in grad school (laughs) um and then I just got a cold chill in my heart when you said that (laughs) it's like too real Ah, and then, okay, so with Charlotte Lucas, I think, and like, granted, okay, I'm trying to organize my thoughts. I'm not very good at organizing my thoughts. I'm organizing, I'm great at organizing other stuff, just not my own thoughts. Um, So I think one of the things that like Jane, Jane Austen wrote such realistic characters that you're like, people are still able to project their own, like, thoughts experiences onto them i mean like that's what we've been doing this whole time it's like you have a friend who's like this or yeah you've had this interaction with your parents yeah and personally for me like in my own career like i'm kind of having the charlotte lucas moment for me where like Mm -hmm. it's deep it's like i'm having the lizzie bennett versus charlotte lucas moment where it's Mm -hmm. like okay do i stay with like do i want to go down like the really really safe route which is technically boring like what like Mm. five years ago me would have said was boring or do like i really want to be miserable for a few years and risk it like (laughs) do i want to be miserable do i like and like potentially be miserable for the rest of my life and it's one of those like you have to outweigh the options and in the end like you can't blame charlotte lucas and like most of us do end up with charlotte lucas where it's just like you know what in some regard yeah like Charlotte Lucas is genuinely happy, like, being a parishioner's wife and, like, managing the estate of, like, the parishioners, like, with her, like, little farm and her chickens and, like, the house mm-hmm. and, like, the very mo- nice and modest household. Whereas, like, and she's just like, you know what? He's not Mr. Dreamboat, but I'm really happy with the life that I built for myself. Yeah. Also, and props I- to her for not being insulted that she was literally his second option after her best friend said no. Oh, yeah, I love how she was just like, I'm fine. <laughs> like, all right, it's fine, whatever. And I like the fact that she's one of the very few people that, like, she's close to Lizzie. And, like, she calls Lizzie out on, like, what she's mistaken Which on. Which is but- good, because Jane never does that. See, Jane and Lizzie, I feel like their friendship is just, like, they kind of enable each other. Like, she lets, she, like, Lizzie lets jane be super shy and never tell what's his fa- bingley how she feels and jane just kind of lets um lizzie stay on her bullshit for lack of a better way to put it but charlotte is charlotte's like the friend that where like yeah you need friends who like encourage you but you also need a friend who's gonna call you out on your bs and that is charlotte to lizzie and like even charlotte to jane Char- charlotte to jane a little bit like Somebody needs charlotte to- is the first one to see like okay, we know Jane, we know she loves him. Mm -hmm. Bailey doesn't know Jane. Yeah, which is something that really frustrates me when, like, (laughs) it's like when you love the characters so much and you just get so frustrated seeing them be stupid or being unhappy. That's how I feel when, like, when Lizzie and Darcy had this first interaction or not the first interaction like the first like confrontation was she's just like well blah 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 like you took jane away and he was like i didn't think she liked him 
Mm-hmm. Which is like, I mean, now like now that I'm a little older, I feel like, and I'm like an, able to like separate myself from Lizzie Bennet. Now I can be more like, no, I see where Darcy was coming from, and honestly, like. Now that I'm older, I don't really see myself as a Lizzie Bennet anymore. I see myself more as, like, Mr. Darcy. <laughs> Whereas, like, no, if, a friend, if I didn't think... So, if my, like, friend was falling in love with someone and I didn't think they loved them back, I would be like, oh, maybe let's uh, go on vacation somewhere or something like that. Which is fair. I yeah, mean... Yeah, which is, like, honestly, like, a good friend move. And it, it always bothers me, like, watching the movie or like, what, or, like, reading it in the book where Lizzie gets so mad. She's like, well, how could you not read my mind? Yeah, I think, like, reading this as an adult, it definitely is one of those, like, you're a little bit more prone to see, like, Mm -hmm. Lizzie's flaws. Like, as, like, when I was, like, reading this as, like, a teen or even in, like, like, kind of, like, my college years, I was just, 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 like, Lizzie Bennet is the perfect character. And now, like, reading this, like, kind of, like, in my Mm mid-twenties is one of those, like, oh, I can see her flaws. Like, she's really judgmental. Yeah. See, I I feel like also... Like, personally, like, I have some of Lizzie Bennett's flaws, so it's hard for me, like, now that I'm older, like, I, I feel like it just comes with age where, like, once you get older, you kind of recognize your own flaws, and then you can recognize flaws in, like, your favorite characters, especially if you have, like, similar flaws. This is a call oh, yeah. out to me, not to you, Dawn. I figured, because you kept on saying me, but okay, now I'm well, I know, like, sometimes, sometimes people are jerks when they're just like, I know I sometimes do this, and then I could stare at you and be like, you. I mean, now you've made my blood run cold, well, now, but... Oh, my God. <laughs> you need to throw on a sweater. Jesus Christ, woman. All right, anyway. Um, so, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but definitely the older you get. I watched this one. It was, like, the little, like... Not a TED Talk, but it was, like, the little TEDx where they had the little cartoony thingies, and it was, like, why everybody still loves Jane Austen. That was one of the things that it mentioned was how she writes her characters in a way where it's just like her characters are flawed but like the way she writes them you're still on lizzie bennett's side up until like after you're you're basically on her side until charlotte lucas is just like no lizzie we're being dumb yeah i mean even then you're still kind of on her side even then you're just like how could you say that and it's like even like the letter that like it's not until like you really get like the letter from Mm -hmm. like Darcy where you're like oh my gosh there was something so much like darker that I didn't even realize about Mm this yeah and like oh my gosh and like her the flaws like they're people like they're human flaws Like, they're, like, the only person who you can see as evil is Lady Catherine, and she really only appears in, like, one or two scenes. And, like, when, like, Elizabeth is saying, no, I'm not listening to you, like, for that time, that was groundbreaking, because, like, she was speaking to someone that was way above her social class Mm -hmm. and being, like, you need to stop, like, that, no, please get (laughs) out of my house. Like, for her to say that, it's, like... Yeah. I'm surprised that, like, she didn't get arrested kind of thing. <laughs> I'm surprised Lady Catherine didn't, like, slap her. I remember well, reading it, and even in, like, my, my teenage mind, I was just like, oh, yeah. she did not. Yeah, she, she, like, did. comes to her house in, like, the middle of the night. Like, you, Oh, my God. Can you imagine somebody, like, showing up? Like, just imagine. Not even 
you're like you're not dating this guy you're not engaged you're not anything more than like friends and he has a crush on you you just just imagine for a second his aunt or like his grandmother shows up at your house in the middle of the night knocks on the door scares the crap out of everyone because they're like oh my god is is it is it the, the sleep. like what's <laughs> happening like we're all asleep are, are we being sieged like wh- what's happening and she comes over just to say i don't want you dating my nephew and you're like well i'm not so okay well good because you're poor you're in it, it, like comes to your house to tell you you're poor you're not good enough for this guy you're not even dating mm-hmm. who does that lady Catherine? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. This reminded me of a moment and like, because like, so they have a ball and basically it's known to everyone now, even though Darcy like begins to have a crush on Elizabeth, basically as soon as he, she stays over at Netherfield for a few days to take care Mm -hmm. of her sister. Mm -hmm. And all that Caroline Bailey knows is he heard Darcy. So I think he's bad. That's all she, and it's known to like everyone that what like, Elizabeth is kind of with Wickham and all Caroline Bainley knows is Wickham hurt Darcy and that therefore he is bad. She's ride or die and honestly respect. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's one of those, like she's a bit obsessive. Like she's trying she was, like, to like ride or die. She's like, I don't care what the reason is. I will destroy this man. But it's like, at the same time, she like tries to mold herself into a person. She's not like, person oh, she, yeah. like, to just like be with this guy who clearly does not like her so it's just like ugh. and that's why i joke like that she's like so not like one of those like not like other girls mm-hmm. girls like truly it's kind of sad that she was like he like she was so she was trying to change herself for this guy who didn't really like her who like saw her as like a sister that's yeah. sad also i just thought of sorry to interrupt but i just thought of someone who has done something similar to what lady Catherine did to lizzie bennett and that would be fun fact so family story time my grandparents were two different religions well okay they were two different flavors of the same religion my grandfather was uh, episcopalian and my grandmother was catholic which like back in the day and this was like the 1940s so it wasn't really that long ago like you didn't do that. Um, you didn't get married. So while my grandfather was off fighting in World War II, so the poor man is fighting Nazis, and, they're, and my grandmother was taking care of her father who had leukemia, my grandfather's aunt, great aunt Alice, yep, great aunt Alice, tried to fix my grandmother up with other guys because she didn't want... My grandmother marrying into the family. Joke's on her. She did it anyway. And she had a great time on those dates, I'm guessing. But, <laughs> yeah, so, um, she, I guess she kind of went a step further. I guess Aunt Alice kind of went a step further than Lady Catherine. Because not only did she say, I don't want you marrying into my family. She was like, let me, let me hook you up with some other guys so you don't marry into my family. Okay. Just and like just to kind of drive in the point of how much Episcopalians and Catholics hated hated each other. So I grew up in an old old like Catholic hometown, um, where at our Sunday school at the church that I went to, which was actually like CCD, the nun talked about how awful King Henry how 
awful King Henry VIII was for even dreaming of divorcing Catherine of Aragorn. Something that happened 500 years ago. Why did? She, why was she telling a live eight-year-old about? <laughs> why are we so deeply opinionated about it? It's so silly, but whatever. Yeah. But it's that's one a of those like. But no, but it totally relates. Where it's just mm-hmm. like, okay, less money, like. I'm a little bit lower than you. Like, yeah. not even like, oh, she's like, Darcy is not marrying a peasant girl. Like, yeah. He is not marrying the governess, like, say, in Jane Eyre or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, which, like, the whole, like, okay, class system is like, yes, it's still ridiculous no matter what. But, like, mm-hmm. even still, like, cat- it's like, like from, like, upper middle class to middle class. Which is not that far of That but, like, is the difference we're talking about. Yeah, like, it's still just one of those, like, okay, it's, like, whatever, like, but... Like, ordering out three times a week versus ordering out once a week. That's a real, that's, that's the real difference. That's, like, the real difference, which is so That's sad. the real difference. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or, like, yeah, I'm sorry, just that, that hit so hard. Um, <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. All right, so characters. What character insert? Um, character self insert. So, where do you see yourself? Like, who? Which character do you relate to the most? I feel like we've kind of danced around this, but Dawn, what character do you relate to the most? Do I have to choose one? No. Okay. okay pick All right. Three. Okay. So I would say, at the moment, Charlotte Lucas. At the moment, but this is just like a passage in time. Um. I would also say Mr. Darcy because I'm kind of I'm pretty awkward when it comes to like social interactions of people I don't know. Wait, you and said Darcy? One... Yeah, I said Darcy. <laughs> I relate to Darcy because I, I, I don't know. I have like two modes, and one is the Darcy mode where I don't like to talk to people, and then one mode is the Elizabeth mode where I like to talk to people, but only if I can subtly make fun of them. Yeah, I think. It's one of those, like, I want to say Elizabeth, but I think at the moment I'm definitely feeling, I'm feeling in this current time a little bit of a Charlotte, but I think overall, I think I'm more like Darcy where I'm like, I try to keep to myself. But then again, I think like my emotions are definitely like fiery. I definitely had a Mary phase when I was like 15, Mm -hmm. when I was like, books define my personality. Like, (laughs) I feel like we um, all went through that. Anyone who's like a, who still reads as an adult definitely had that time oh, when they were like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so who I'm do you think you like are? I think I'm definitely. Uh, I mean, I feel like the character, the Jane Austen character that I think I relate to the most is, of course, the one everybody hates, which is Emma. But I guess for this particular book, I can't wait for us to talk about Emma because Dawn's just gonna make fun of me the whole time, and it's gonna be great, and it's gonna be hilarious. Um. um but I think, generally, I think I'm more of a Lizzie Bennet than anything else. I feel like Jane is the girl that everyone wishes they were. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, like, self-aware enough to know that I'm not Jane. Like, I, I am not Jane. She is very reserved, and she is very gentle with people, and I am just not which is fine. That's who I am as a person, and I'm working on being gentler and all that stuff. But, like, yeah, I'm too feisty to be anyone else but Lizzie Bennet. So, all right. And then we have, I think, the most annoying award. 
All right, the most annoying award, should we call that the Mrs. Bennett or the Lydia Award? I was gonna say Kitty. Cause Ooh, kid, yeah, kitty, kid, the Kitty Award. I mean, the Kitty Award Kitty has to go to Kitty. Because didn't even get a plot. Like, the Kitty Award. She's so annoying, and she's incom- She's completely like, unnecessary in the plot. The only reason why she's there is because it was normal back in the day to have five daughters. Five daughters, and of yeah, exactly. The like, Kitty the only Award, reason, of course, goes to Kitty. And the Kitty Award goes to Kitty. I feel like it's one of those, like, wait... Who is in like if you're talking to somebody like Jane Austen, it's like who is Kitty? And you're like, Exactly, that's the point. Exactly. She's just as annoying as Lydia, except yep. she doesn't even do anything to the plot. <laughs> She's just as annoying as Lydia, only she has no purpose. Being Her there. purpose is to be best friends with Lydia. And yep. also, Kitty is a year older than Lydia. Yeah. Aww. So it's even worse. Like literally the, whole... the baby of the family gets married first. Well yeah, that's part of the whole drama too. All right. So that concludes. Um, next week, we will be watching the 2005 adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. All right. So stay tuned to our thoughts on that. So it has often been called the most true adi- adaptation. So we'll to the book. I just re- recently read the book. So we'll see how that goes. We'll right. be the judges of that. It's probably true. Yeah. All right. So signing off. Have a good one. Bye. Oh, sorry. This has been Austin and the A-Train. The A-Train. Hey, it's Dawn from post-production. So just as a heads up, we are actually going to be exploring Bridgerton on Thursday. Colleen and I both binged it. We did not binge it together because we are social distancing due to COVID-19. But we felt the need to talk about it and share about it with you guys because we want you guys to get in on the conversation as well. So on Thursday, we will have our Bridgerton episode posted as well as the week after we're going to go back to the 2005 adaptation of Pride and Prejudice starring the lovely Kira Knightley. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Austin and the A-Train. In addition, we are sponsored by Cozy Cactus by Kai on Etsy. So Cozy Cactus by Kai makes beautiful masks and handmade goods, including cac- including succulent pillows that there's no way that you can kill. So, ca- so check out Cozy Cacti by Kai at Etsy.com. All right. See you guys next. See you guys on or you'll hear me on Thursday. Bye.